Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we are basking in the wonders which Belgrade offers. Uh, so at the top of the show, as I'd like to do, I'd like to thank you, the Patreon supporter, and you, the listener, equally, um, because you all make up a wonderful community that the show enjoys. And if you have not joined our Patreon, you can, and that's over at patreon.com slash the old place podcast. The show is also available on YouTube. You can go check us out there. Give us a subscribe and follow the show and all of the other machinations that will be arriving shortly. Speaking of machinations, I'm going to get to my cast now. So to my right. Hi there, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who has just had a very interesting conversation with a certain young medical student. Yes, it's true. Some revelations likely have been made by Mr. Fraser. Now the question will be is, what will he do with that information? To Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I really wish my father had stuck to opera singers. His tastes seem to have uh, strayed from simple opera singers, or perhaps did they go to opera singers after his, um, we'll just say, um, European holiday at the end of the table? Hi, this is Giles, and I play Simon Griffith. And today, Simon gets to learn what shenanigans everyone's been up to while he's been resting. Oh, the list is long and uh, dubious. And since we're in the missing Professor Courtney formation, I will say, Last, but most assuredly not least. Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. And I kind of like this new version of the professor. I, I wish he would have gotten the device stolen sooner. Yeah, it is interesting. You have seen sort of a change in his methods after losing something that was very dear to him, it seems. But for now... We'll open the curtain tonight on a bright and shining day in Belgrade. The investigators have had some rest, and for the first time in several days, Simon, you are beginning to feel passably better, at least strong enough to put your feet underneath you and do more than just answer the call of nature. You can actually, on these days... It seems, anyway, on this day, you have the energy to go and to eat. And you are voraciously hungry. The uh, bits of food that you were able to sort of choke down in the past few days have been minimal. Uh, Paul has spent an awful lot of time with you in this room, dutifully seeing to your wounds. He did make mention in sort of a, a memory that bubbles up with some fog attached to it, that he, he kept 
redressing your wounds. He kept adjusting uh, some of the bandages because they weren't healing properly. On this morning, you can actually feel your strength a bit come back. And so um, I'd imagine given um, given many years of working uh, uh, and living and having that sort of workman's mentality, the first thing you need to sort is breakfast in the morning. And coffee. Certainly. Are we in a suite in Belgrade or is there a common room we go eat in or? Yeah, there's a common room for you to eat in. You could even call for room service. You're not sure it comes all the way up, but they would at least prepare something. And then perhaps someone could go and, and get it. Or if you wanted to walk downstairs to the cafe, you could eat there too, depending upon your choice. Uh, Simon would probably get dressed and just go down and sit at the table and place a a large lumberjack breakfast order <laughs> with a pot of coffee. Yeah, you get um, attended to very fairly quickly. You get um, portion size here is pretty dramatic. Uh, they they bring you a full proper breakfast. Uh, not necessarily an English breakfast as you had seen so many times uh, b- before coming this far east. Um, but this is a lot of um, breads and cheeses. And then in addition to that, there's an entire plate with a selection of different meats. There's also a fair amount of heavier pastries here as well. Um, and you get like a a side of beans in sauce, it, it almost reminds you a little bit of the South back in the U.S. as far as the color and the type of beans. Uh, he, Simon, will just eat as much of it as he can. It's been a while. Definitely to be folding pieces, slices of ham in between pieces of toast, probably attracting the stare of a few uh, Slavians here um, at, you know, wondering what he's doing, but... Uh, Miss Bellinger, you are awake on this early morning as well, mostly because your uh, well, your back hurts and your hips hurt and sort of basically any joint you have seems a little achy. But you hear through the walls here someone, a member of staff comments something about someone eating downstairs. They describe it like staff talking to one another that there's a, a beast downstairs that is eating. A beast? Yes. And the word beast just totally breaks you out of your normal morning fog. And the idea that a beast is... In, maybe you didn't hear them. Maybe they mean a beast is eating someone downstairs. Yeah. And so that's interesting. And so you, be, you get an imagination riled up. Yeah. It could be a, some sort of beast of a man. It could be. Skiom here. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. I'll quickly get dressed to head down. I want to. I want to see what what all this hot gossip is about. Uh, so, having not seen Simon for a couple of days, you're a little shocked to see him down there in, in the open portion of the hotel's cafe, and he has just got a a feast of food in front of him, and he is just manhandling every piece of meat that he can get his his fingers on. Maggie rushes over to give uh, Simon a hug. Simon, you get hugged. I'm so glad you're not dead, Simon. Well, morning, Miss Maggie. Uh, 
Uh, I'm making up for lost time here. I'm sure I'm scaring the locals. I can tell. Yes, the the, the staff have resorted to calling you some sort of beast. I, I was a little scared. That's why I rushed down. I, I am a little hungry, yes. I can tell. How, how has everything been while I've been resting? Uh, you know, I've been mostly sleeping, except for when Paul wakes me up to change the dressings and I don't see what there is to be riled up about. I mean, things things have happened. We have an idea of where the next piece is. Um, we we met some nice gentlemen at the museum. Uh, myself and Lady Elizabeth did. The device was stolen from the professor. Lady Elizabeth's brother's probably in town. Oh, wait, no, he's left. Um, the gentleman saw the Comte. Um, it's really just been... Um, status quo, um, same events, different day. But we know where the next piece is, Simon. We're planning on leaving this morning to go get it. Simon's jaw has dropped staring at you. And he he slowly closes it and then goes, Is anyone dead? Oh, no, the professor's fine. He seems to not recall... Uh, or he's just being vague about whoever shot him. Who knows? I think the the jeweler might be dead. The one that he left the device with, and then um, it was taken. Oh, I, I have... Paul definitely was keeping me in the dark deliberately about all of this, then. He was probably worried about your blood pressure and um, oozing wounds. Probably. So, um, we had... I, I remember the gentleman with the jewel uh, that uh, I recognized and could be potentially used for a quality lens of some form, and we were supposed to pick it up here. That much I remember. Oh, he's dead now. Shit. Well, did we get the lens? Or which device was the one that was taken. Richard's, none of mine. I still have all the pieces. Um, but you, um, the, the sextant. I see. Um, so you took the... Or the professor took the device to the jeweler. Yes, and left it there while me and Lady Elizabeth went to the museum to talk to a gentleman about the, uh, the simulacrum. He was very interested in it. We even met up with him and showed him a piece. Oh. What was this gentleman's name? Uh, the one that's on the, the the note that we had from... Uh, was it Professor Smith? And did he want the piece? Oh, no. Um, he just wanted to look at it and touch it a little bit. Um, he seemed interested, but from more of a scholastic um, point of view. And then the jeweler was killed and the device was stolen. And where is the professor now? Those two things could have happened at the same time. I don't know if they happened in that exact order. I, I really don't know his time of death. Richard must still be sleeping. We, we plan to set out today to, to go to get the, the piece, the next piece of the simulacrum. Uh, where's Jim? Well, I'd probably maybe sleep too. I don't know. Speaking of, uh, Mr. Fraser, you... Uh manage uh, to uh, make it another day here in Belgrade. Uh, you've woken early, or so you think is early enough, to uh, see to yourself before you see to Lady Elizabeth as is, is right. 
and um, and yeah, it uh, it does seem in the um, in the common space that the that you all share there has been some movement. Uh, so you're not certain who is up just yet, uh, but uh, but yeah, you you join us uh, as you like. Whether you're um, going to come down and have tea in the paper or get into perhaps some breakfast before you begin your journey south. So are Maggie and Simon eating breakfast down in the restaurant? They are. I think what Fraser will do is arrange for uh, a breakfast for her ladyship and have it brought up um, to the uh, communal room that they've got at um, at the usual time she takes breakfast. Mm-hmm. Once he's checked over it to make sure that it uh, everything's in order and uh, tap on Lady Elizabeth's door. If she is awake um, and ready for breakfast, um, he will bring it in for her. Good morning, uh, your ladyship. Uh, I've brought your breakfast for you. Good morning, Mr. Fraser. Thank you. I trust everyone is still alive and kicking, so to speak. Uh, so far as can be seen, I think I heard a... a some noise from uh, Simon's room uh, earlier on. Um, I'm going to pop downstairs and see if he's uh, awake and about. Uh, I chapped his door earlier, but there was no reply, so I think perhaps he, uh, he has risen. I'm sure he'll be quite happy to hear of all the things that have gone on in his absence. Uh, yes, indeed. As long as the professor hasn't run off after his device and Miss Bellinger hasn't gone off looking for pieces by herself. Well, I, let's hope not, eh? Well, in any case, I'll, I'll leave you to your breakfast, and uh, I, I do have a, something I'd wish to speak to you about later on, but uh, you enjoy your breakfast, and I'll, I'll go and see how, uh, how Simon is. Wonderful. And with that, I um, shall head downstairs and get a newspaper from the um, reception and have a look about, and uh, I guess uh, it won't take me too long before I see uh, Maggie and Simon, uh, and I'll go and join them. Oh, very well. Um, so, Miss Bellinger, are you getting breakfast as well? Or are you just per- perhaps choosing a portion of the table that you're going to sit at and then thus eat your way from there? Yeah, I will probably pick a spot at the table and then just occasionally take something of whatever Simon has ordered. So, yeah, so this is the sort of scene that you walk into, Mr. Fraser, and that is uh, Simon uh, at one end of the table. And the staff seem to have pushed a couple of square tables for him together because they've, they've run out of room to put plates at uh, and he is sort of uh, <clears throat> standing, uh, sitting at one end of the table enjoying the the bevy of, of breakfast items that they're spinning up and there are some empty spaces at the other side which you could easily find your way to oh, Good morning Well, I'm very glad to see you up and about Simon, uh, you don't seem to have uh... Lost your appetite, that's for sure. Making up for lost time, Jim. I I haven't been eating much for the last two days. Healing takes a lot out of you. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling passable. Like, I can go out and about. Don't expect me to have a spring in my step, but I've been hearing what Miss Maggie has been saying about what's been going on, and it sounds mighty dreadful. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Um, well, I, I don't know what uh, she's told you, but uh, we do have a, a lead to pursue with regard to uh, another piece of the uh, the item. Uh, just kind of 
Every time I start talking about what we're doing, I, I glance around myself to make sure that there's nobody loitering in a corner listening to us. And I understand the professor has lost his uh, sextant. Uh, well, lost is not exactly how I'd put it, but um, he brought it to the, the jeweler um, to have it worked on. And, uh, well, uh, he uh, he needed to keep it in the shop overnight to do so. And uh, when we returned the next morning, we discovered that, uh, well, well, the shop had been broken into and uh, the poor man was dead and uh, the item had been taken. Uh, a note was left. So uh, we believe we do know who has it. But I, it looks like there's not a great deal we can do about it at this time. Who, who has the note? Uh, a uh, certain uh, family member of uh, one of our party, if you are with me. I'm not sure, though I think I do, because Miss Maggie mentioned someone else, but do you have a copy of this note, or where is it? It is with the uh, professor. It was addressed to him. All oh, right. But it was unmistakable who uh, who authored it. So... Let me sum this up here, then. We are in the city of Belgrade. One of the pieces we are requiring is here. Well, it's not in the city exactly. It's in uh, in a town about, uh, well, about an hour or so south. All right. We have one of our nemeses also here. One now uh, was two, now is one. Okay, who who is no longer here? The gentleman who I was speaking of previously. You mean the family member? I do indeed, yes. All right. And no one's seen the Duke? Well, the the Duke, no, uh, we haven't seen the Duke for some time, but the, it is the, uh, the, the, the uh, Gallic gentleman, uh, or the elderly Gallic gentleman. Uh, who is also here. The one who has taken a particular interest in Miss Ballinger here. You you mean the one who is, shall we say it? He means the Comte. <laughs> I already told him that, Mr. Fraser, that he's here. or Well, that you saw him, that I didn't see him, but you did. So we have the Comte, we have... A family member here, and no, no, he's no longer here. He was he's here, no but he's no longer here. Alexander, we, let's let's just call him by right. his name for goodness' sake. This is we, enough we of this beating around the bush. We, we don't have the Duke here. We have a re- item to recover an hour south of here. Has anyone looked for any scrolls or talked with anybody at the museum regarding them? Not as far as I'm. Not as far as I'm aware. The only thing that I've done is I accompanied uh, the professor to the jewelers and uh, on two occasions. And uh, yes, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've done uh, while I've been here. We haven't been here very long, uh, Simon. All right, Jim, what do you need me to do? At this moment in time, I think what I need you to do is finish your breakfast. Right, but after that... Do you, do you, I mean, don't, don't just start leaping into action straight away. Well, I think we're all going to take a trip to uh, to this uh, this town. What is what is its name again? Uh, or Orsac, Orsac, I believe. That does sound correct. Should we be ready for bear? I'm sorry. 
Are we expecting trouble? We're always expecting trouble, Simon. Uh, I think we've reached the stage in this particular uh, endeavour where trouble is around every corner. All right. Is Lady E okay? She's fine. She's uh, she's resting, having her breakfast at the moment. She'll be down in due course. And the professor? I haven't seen the professor. I couldn't speak to him. Uh, Miss Bellinger, I think uh, you you were uh, with him yesterday uh, evening. Oh, uh, yes, we were. We were discussing today's uh, plans, and uh, that's when we decided it would we could set out today, and we well, parted ways. All right, let me finish up here. I don't want to be too full, and uh, I'll take some to go if we're going on an hour drive. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go get dressed. So you you wait just a moment. So, Sam, you stand up and go upstairs, and you see the staff finally relent to be able to move some of the tables and, and plates. It is a bit of an orchestra, but the uh, the cooks approve of your um, traditional <laughs> approach to their meals. They seem to smile and, and watch you go, having enjoyed much of the food. They uh, they do um, fashion a um, a small travel uh, bag that has some more durable goods in it. There's some meat in there, and there's pastries breads that will hold up uh, for a day or so. By about that time, as far as your preparations for the day, Lady Elizabeth, after breakfast, how are you um, knowing that you'll be traveling today? What what preparations are you making for it? Well, very tired after the events of the last few days. I think just everything is kind of crashing in after the adrenaline rush of getting out of Italy and then trying to find things as quickly as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely using the cane today and a knee brace just in case. But moving a bit more slowly, packing a small bag to take on the smaller train Mm. and the book, of course, because the book, I never go anywhere without it in case someone steals it. And the professor's device going missing has only reinforced that particular habit. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, so, yeah. What other preparations are, are folks making? Uh, you you do see Paul this morning, Simon. He uh, congratulates you on uh, being up and about. He's glad to see that you're feeling better. Um, he does have some travel medicine prepared. He knows that the group is planning on going south. So he's uh, prepared to come with if necessary. Might be wise. Um, I don't know. Uh, Jim, do you think it's safe for Paul to come with us? Or do we need to... Does he need to stay back here with our stuff? Well, I think that's um, up to Paul. I don't and I don't anticipate any more danger on the, the journey there and back than I do remaining here in the hotel, to be perfectly honest. Well, why don't we let him decide whether he'd like to accompany us or not? It might be useful to have him around. Paul smiles. I do I do my best to make sure that I'm useful. I'll, um, I'll have some tonic waters prepared as well, just to be sure. He sort of moves back off towards his room and says, uh, 
I, I, I won't be long. It, it shouldn't take me long to uh, to prepare things. Yes, I have a little errand that uh, I'd like to run. Uh, I, uh, I shouldn't be too long. All right, Mr. Fraser, what errand are you running? So the errand I'd like to run, bearing in mind that things seem to be getting more and more dangerous with every day that passes. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, a rifle in, in amongst my, my luggage, but it's really not very convenient to carry a rifle around with you um, everywhere you go, um, mainly because of its size. Um, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to go and see if, um, if I can locate in the town um, a, uh, a hardware store or a, a gunsmith that um, uh, could potentially um, provide me with a, uh, a rifle that can be broken down. Um, so I can place it into a smaller um, bag and uh, assemble it um, very quickly if necessary. Failing that, I'm going to buy a shotgun and a hacksaw. Hmm. Jim? Mind if I accompany you? I have a feeling I might need to uh, find a specialist in cutlery. I'm, I'm, I'm not telling anyone that's where I'm going or what I'm doing, so... Just that all, all I'm saying is that I'm going on that errand. Okay, never mind then. But yeah, that's something Simon's thinking about too. Okay, yeah. I mean, as far as your your need for an addition, a new knife, Simon, that's relatively easy to get. There's enough uh, leftover Great War surplus, especially in a town like Belgrade, where obtaining a, a sturdy combat knife would not be difficult. Well. Is it possible for him to get a higher quality brace of um, knives, though, that are also better for throwing? Oh, yeah, certainly. There are metalsmiths. This, this would be definitely would be something that if you... You'd probably get word from anyone you might ask in town, at least at the hotel, that if you go to the bazaar, there's all sorts of um, dealers... Uh, for you know, uh, whether it be something that is more for ornamental or more for um, hunting use, which is the term they use, there's likely blades that you could find at those places that would be perfectly reasonable. Okay, uh, Simon's looking specifically for three blades. One, pretty much a, just a, a heavy-duty trench knife for up-close work, and then a brace of throwing knives, one for each ankle. Okay, yeah, not hard. Uh, the exchange rate here is pretty friendly for pound sterling, so you don't pay a ton of money for it. Okay. And that'll cover me. As far as like a, a, a takedown gun, which is what they're more traditionally called, I'm going to have you roll luck, Mr. Fraser. Hmm. Sure. I mean, if 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 it's not something that's available, that's fine. I'll I'll uh, I'll find a an alternative. And ah, oh, I I rode a ninety five on my luck, so that is not a success. Yeah. So the specific type of takedown gun, or or you know, easily broken down, or say bag rifle, they're looking for you don't seem to come across. Okay, that's fine. I'll just buy a shotgun then. If um, if I do find a a, a gunsmith that uh, that actually sells that kind of weaponry, 
Yeah, you can easily find a, a gun dealer, a long arm dealer here, uh, likely at <laughs> the same bazaar uh, where there are probably a, one or two weapons dealers and likely they would be near the same place. So it would not be unbelievable to think that Simon and Fraser might run into one another while they're shopping for, you know, weapons. Ah, Simon. Why do I not feel any surprise at seeing you here? <laughs> Sir, Jim, for some reason I keep going through these. Dear, oh dear, oh dear, you must look after them more carefully. Well, you know, they, they don't come back to me all the time. Perhaps for the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, going to see if I can purchase a shoulder holster as well for my Webley. Mm. Yep. And... Uh, then yes, as I say, I'm going to um, I'm going to get a good strong hacksaw um, with which I can do some alterations to the shotgun that I've purchased, and I'm also going to see if I can buy a strong leather belt. Um, and uh, basically, um, I am going to when I get back to the hotel, spend some time in uh, in my room making a shoulder strap out of a leather belt that I am going to firmly secure to the the uh, the butt of the uh, the shotgun when you are off buying a shotgun um, there's going to be a slight barrier to you purchasing one that would be a, a linguistics barrier ah right okay yes okay well I mean I'll w- walk up to the, the 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 place and I'll point at what I want to buy okay they were rep- they reply something to you. Just make a make a. I don't understand what you're saying, Jessica. I'm. You parlez-vous français? Deutsch. You get tapped on the shoulder from behind. Turn and see who's tapping me. It's Riddick. Ah, well, fancy fancy seeing you here. So, from jewelry to firearms. Yes, well, it uh, never. Uh, Never does any harm to uh, protect oneself in a foreign land. Hmm. Uh, especially after jewelers are murdered. Well, precisely so. Well, are you uh, going hunting, or is this for personal protection? Uh, I wasn't planning on doing any hunting, but uh, if there is an opportunity, uh, I might indulge. Hmm. Very well. Perhaps you could uh, explain to this, uh, uh, this gentleman uh, exactly uh, what it is that uh, I'm uh, looking to purchase. And Certainly. E- explain it to me first. It will be easier. Uh, that shotgun, though. Oh, right. He says a series of lines in, you think it's Serbian? And the gentleman brings over a, the shotgun you were pointing at. Examine it with an expert eye. If I'm allowed to test it, break it, look down the barrels, just make sure yeah. it's uh, good in good condition and good quality. It's in good condition. It's definitely been used. You can tell that there's some there's some you know wear to the wood the wood portions of it. It's been used for sure. Ah, it's a second hand. I see. All right. Oh. Yeah, it's cheaper that way. Of course. Where are you going to carry it? Ah, oh, I'd better have a uh, a case for it as well then, hadn't I? Can I make a psychology roll? Because this guy's asking a lot of questions. Yes, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, that's a hard success. 
You think uh, Riddick is trying to be exceedingly helpful. Okay. He's, he feels the feeling you I'm get from him is. Working in my best interest. Yes, he is working in your best interest, and you feel like he is trying to pry at you for information. But he's trying to pry at me for information in order to help me, not in order to. Correct. Um, yeah, okay. Um, if you're looking to be a little less um, direct, I would recommend asking for a Lupara. Uh, not familiar. He turns to the, the gentleman, uh, the man at the stable, and says twice, Lupara, Lupara. He nods and goes, he lifts up a, a blanket by the by the set of weapons and pulls out something that is, we'll just say, it's about two and a half to three feet long. And you see the stock of it, the handle has been curved and turned purposely into sort of a pistolized grip. And you see uh, a shotgun at the front. It looks as if it's a sawed-off shotgun, but this isn't something that was made crudely by someone trying to conceal something. This was made purpose-built. Oh, right. Okay. So it's it's a lot shorter than a standard uh, shotgun. And, uh, yep. well, I think this may, uh, may fit the bill very nicely. Yes, indeed. They're used in Italy to hunt wolves. Ah, well... Yes, I dare say there may be a little hunting of wolves to be done. Mm. How much does he want for it? Uh, he's asking for five pounds sterling. Five pounds sterling, eh? He smiles. Well, uh, let's offer him three and see where we go from there. Riddick turns and they have a, a short conversation. There's a heated back and forth for a second. And Riddick puts his hands up and then points down the street. And the man eventually acquiesces and agrees to your terms. And then there's an there's like another bit of of language. I, I, I've got him. At, I've got him at three. I'm trying to get you ammunition. Oh, splendid, splendid. Yes, yes, indeed. That's uh, a box of uh, box. Of, what does it take? Shells or slugs? Oh, there would be shells. Very good. He uh, brokers a deal for a couple boxes of shotgun shells and the uh, lupara. Perfect. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Mr. Reddick. Uh, your assistance is uh, very gratefully uh, received. I couldn't have you uh, fumbling around in the market here. Well, what uh, what brings you to market today? Oh, uh, well, selling services, of course. As a guide and translator, I have my uses. Do I get the impression that... Um, it's more than just coincidence that he's happened to bump into me at uh, um, the the marketplace. Just I, I don't know if I, you want me to roll psychology again, or, or whether it is he's just looking for work and he just does happen to have come across me. I think that the latter is probably where, with the hard success you land on, is that okay. he saw someone in the market he's worked for before and knows that you have money, and so of course he's trying to ingratiate himself. He's just made a beeline for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, but he's not been following me. No. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thank you again, and uh, rest assured uh, that if uh, we ever have need of your assistance, uh, then well, where, where can we find you? Where's the, where's the best place to find you if we should need a guide or a translator? Oh, normally I spend my times between here and the train station. It's where most of uh, the travelers come in at. I can hear them speak English, and I know they're out of their element. Of course, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, having somebody uh, to hand 
who can make sure that uh, we are understood and we can understand is a very useful thing. Very useful indeed. Well, what, uh, where do you go next? Uh, we are uh, embarking on a, a day trip hmm. out into the country. Reasonable for you to uh, need such a uh, fine weapon. Well, indeed, yes. You never know what you're going to come across out in the, the wilds of the countryside. <laughs> Especially not in this country. Anything in particular we need to uh, keep our eyes open for? Oh, certainly. And the roads are well known, at least those that are travelled, to be um, difficult. Especially if you're unprepared. Most thieves are sticking to city centres. But there are some who continue to live in the countryside after the war. And they do take a particular eye to those that don't look like fellow countrymen. Of course, yes. Uh, They would see them as easy pickings, I dare say. Mm. Most are. Well, we will keep our eyes peeled, certainly. Thanks for the warning and advice. Stay off the roads if you can. I'm not quite sure how we travel if we don't... uh, Take the roads or a train. Oh, you would use a train. A train is uh, the preferred mode of transport. Certainly, yes. The roads are not maintained, and even if you find a motor car who will take you out into the country, might be ill prepared to deal with the roads during rains. Ah, right, right, right. I, I see. Yes. Well, um, indeed. Once again, I am indebted to you for your uh, your advice. Uh, I will. Uh, I will pass that on to our party. I really must be getting on now. We uh, have other preparations to make and uh, we're going to need to to leave soon, but uh, thank you again. Certainly, he tips his hat to you, turns around and finds his way elsewhere. And I will take my purchase with me, um, uh, kind of look out to see if I can see Simon. Um, What I'm also going to make sure that I've got, I think I've already got one, is is, um, a good heavy overcoat um, and... uh, I'm, when I get back to the hotel, I'm going to fashion the uh, this gun with the sling around the uh, around the, the stock of it, um, so that it hangs down underneath the uh, the coat, and that I can get to it and use it um, with reasonable speed and ease. I'm basically going to tool myself up. I've got my Webley, I've got a 38, and now I've got this. These are the weapons that I'm going to be carrying with me on journeys, um, where there where there is potentially um, danger involved. Not necessarily for an evening meal or a, you know a night out at the theatre or something like that, but uh, certainly for the kind of trip that we're doing. I want to make sure that I am prepared. Okay, uh, Simon, when you return, how are you preparing then? Simon's going to go ahead and strap his new knives on, uh, one in his belt and the other two on his. Uh, calves slash ankles he's going to have his pistol in his pocket and I think he's probably going to tape to or or strap depending upon uh, I think they had tape back then but uh, secure to dynamite sticks into uh, an inner pocket but he's not going to take the Thompson with him okay so you'll leave the the Thompson here in the case broken apart in the concealed portion of it. I mean, if we have to come back and get it, we have to come back and get it, but I'm just, we're taking a train, correct? That's what you think they said? Yeah. I I just, 
don't see it going over well with him carrying a Thompson on a train. Probably not, no. Bellinger, how are, are you bringing all of your body parts with you, or are you going to leave them here? Well, uh, we generally don't travel with all of them if we're just going out for a little day trip, um, because it's like a whole trunk full of them. I was just thinking about this. I would like to um, carefully pack pack them into the trunk, mm-hmm. and on top of them, before I close the lid, I will leave a note that says... I swear to you, if you are messing with my belongings, no amount of medicine will fix what I will do to you. And then I will sign it, Margaret Bellinger. Ooh, Margaret. Somebody means business. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. Just as like a a hunch that Maggie has. Uh, And and it's, uh, I mean, it's increased paranoia because she's uh, a little crazy. Certainly. There's a knock at your door while you're getting prepared Miss Bellinger and sort of placing the note in there and closing the lid and sort of watching the pieces one final time before you before you close the lid. Yeah, I imagine the knock. I, ju- I startle a bit, jump, turn towards the door. Uh, yes, who is it? Uh, it? It's Paul, Miss Bellinger. Do you have a moment? Oh, uh, yes, Paul. Do come in. He turns the handle on the door and then opens it, steps in and closes it. What can I do for you today, Paul? Well, I was just thinking, um, there was some talk that Simon was talking about me coming with all of you. Mm-hmm. And if if the, if I do, then I, I don't know. There'll be no one here to guard all of our things. He nods very quickly. So, I, I, I mean, if the group wants me to come with, I'll, I'll come with. That's fine. I, 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 I don't, I don't have any problem with it, but. I'm worried about traveling with all of that, all that stuff. I I would agree, Paul. And then we would get there, and we'd have to unload it, and just be lugging it around with us everywhere. I think I think your place is better here. Okay. I mean, I know that you're just a a, a doctor, but you've you've served us well, and no one stole any of our belongings from here yet. That's only when Richard has left stuff places that they've gotten stolen. Well, he. I don't, he's, he's been different lately, I think. Do you mean different since the sextant has been taken? Mm, Yes. Mm. Uh, Psychologically speaking, he seems a little, um, perhaps he's a little more anxious than normal. Oh, I was going to say motivated. Well, motive, motivate, motivation can uh, come up in all sorts of ways. It can, it it can arrive in, in different ways. Well, they do say that um, a, an amount of anxiety is necessary in order for you to exhibit peak performance. Oh, do you believe that the professor is going to be at peak performance soon? Oh, I certainly hope so. There's business to attend to. Well, I stopped in and, and checked on him this morning when I didn't see him at breakfast. It seems he is not used to consuming as many um well, beverages as he did last night. Oh, I was starting to get concerned that maybe he disappeared into a powder again. You see Paul smile pretty wide. No, I I, I hope he doesn't do that again. I was very worried. Very worried. Yes, it seems sometimes he loses things and even loses himself. Hmm. Well, I, I just don't think that he's... Um, no, so you don't think he would be fit to stay back in guard? No, no, he should definitely go with you. 
but uh, but I don't think that I think he should mind his imbibing. That's all I'm saying. Oh, of course, yeah. He <laughs> was quite fun last night, though. He was. I don't think I've ever seen him so animated. Yeah, me neither. Really un- unburdened by societal norms. That's one way to put it, certainly. Well, um, I suppose we can uh, take his slightly under the weather self with us, and you could stay here and, and just watch over things. Oh, I'd be happy to. That, that would be very kind of you, Paul. Perhaps I uh, can make whatever preparations are necessary for us to leave Belgrade at some point, wherever we're going next. Oh, that would be that would be nice. I don't, don't hopefully Mr. Fraser doesn't think you're trying to put him out of business. Oh, 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 no, no, I, I, I could never do that. He's um, he's very special. Top notch. All right, then. Well, uh, as long as you don't need anything for the journey. No, Simon's probably just worried after all that he's been through, but I, I think we'll be fine. Of course. Wonderful. He nods and then uh, excuses himself. So the four of you eventually come back together in the common area. Paul is sitting to one in one corner, reading a book, uh, the same as Scott's Fitzgerald's book he was reading uh, before. And you're all ready for the most part. It's probably about nine or ten in the morning. Clarity purposes, Richard is there. He is simply sort of recovering from his, his night of, um, well, frivolity. Nice to see someone had a good time last night. Two oh. someones looking at Maggie. Oh, I feel fantastic, yes. Mm. Mr. Fraser, have you arranged with the train, or do we need to do so at the station? I was about to do that very thing, your ladyship. Wonderful. I am rather ready to be on, so that I can get some rest later. This mad dashing around Central Europe does take a toll on one. I'll head to the um, hotel reception and see if they've got um, a train timetable or if I need to go to the railway station to get that. When you tell them that Orsac is where you want to go, they let you know at the front desk that the place that you'll actually be going to first to stop in the way is uh, Malonovac. Okay. It's a factory town, they say. Shouldn't take too terribly long. And then after that, there is a train that goes south to uh, Orisac. Oh, so I need to change at Mil- uh, Milonovac, yes? Yes, they nod. I see. Um, and uh, is there much of a wait between the change? Just a few minutes or longer? Uh, it might be a, a little longer than a few minutes. Uh, so I'll take the um, timetable and have a look and see if I can figure out when when the next train leaving um, Belgrade is and what uh, connection we need to make and just work out the general time scales of the whole thing. Yeah, it looks like there's four trains throughout the day. There's an early morning, there is a mid-morning, which looks like it's going to be in about 20 minutes here. Um, and then there is a mid-afternoon and then a evening train between the two stops. How long is the journey time in total from one place to the other, including the wait over time in Milanovac? Just so that I work out, if do we need to rush to get this next train in order not to be too late coming home again? It looks like you will. Uh, it looks like it's uh, about an, an hour or so to get there. Okay. What, what time approximately is it just now? Is it sort of 10 or 11 o'clock, something like that? It's about 10, yeah. 
I'll come back to the others then and say, well, there is a train in 20 minutes or so, um, which we could get. Takes uh, around an hour to get to where we're headed, uh, and then obviously another hour back. There is another train later on today, but it might leave us uh, quite short of time when we arrive there. Oh, we should certainly take the sooner one then. Well, if everyone's ready, um, then uh, let's make best speed to the station and I'll uh, purchase the tickets for us. Right. Group walks over to the station and uh, Paul says his goodbyes to you, says that he'll be here. And uh, to... Can I have a a very quiet, uh, quick moment with Paul um, just before? Sure. Paul, uh, that matter we discussed uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'll uh, catch up with you when we get back again. Uh, If you keep your eyes peeled and let us know if anything that you see or hear. Of course, of course. I'll, I'll be here watching everything. Yes, I haven't mentioned anything to the others as yet. I'll uh, I'll appraise you uh, as and when I do so. He nods and sort of looks at the floor and then says his goodbyes to folks. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, stride on ahead and purchase the tickets to take us to Orasak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wait in a separate queue line from the rest of the the trains as they arrive. There's one off to the a different portion of the station. Uh, you eventually board that train about twenty or so minutes later, and uh, standard gauge track to uh, to head that way. So presumably, this is going to be a like a, a a branch line that goes pretty slowly and stops many many times en route. Yeah, so. The first part of that sentiment is absolutely true. Uh, getting on this train, it is fairly packed. It is not as comfortable in any way, shape, or form as the Orient Express is. And so uh, those of you who are used to care and comfort on your ride are... A, you find yourself on something little more comfortable than a church pew for you to sit on. It is straight and rigid and wooden and picks up all sorts of bumps along the way. The uh, train is also very busy. It's packed as far as the people who are on it. I would say roughly 60 to 70% of them are women traveling back and forth from here to there, likely having bought goods at a larger market. Uh, There are also a few, more than a few live animals on the train that you're sharing your trip with. And Simon, if you were not, if, if you were back at full health and full spirit, you likely surmise that you might be able to run faster than this train because the approach to each hill or bend or curve is very slow. It's consistent, but the rhythm of the train is not fast in any way. On the other hand, this reminds Simon of the trains at home, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when they curve around some of the more hilly or mountainous areas in this space. Uh, You do get a rather nice pastoral landscape around you. uh, And that does remind you very much of home. It might be cramped and noisy, Miss Bellinger. But the other thing that this train is, is friendly. The Serbian travelers here are all about sharing their good time. And that means food and drink and stories 
and songs, you know, between, you know, getting past or back and forth in front of you, like baskets of chickens and rabbits and sacks of vegetables. There are a few baby pigs on this journey and uh, they're on leads. You see that the children sort of walk their pigs around the train to um, see which one is faster. (laughs) Maggie would try to get get some baby pig pets in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There isn't even a cohesive language between the groups here, but you get the feeling like people encourage you to, you know, have some of their bread or have some of their soup that, you know, they've cooked along the way some, some somewhere somehow. Yeah. Uh, they sort of take over the chimney stove area at the, the back of the train. And it turns into this cooking surface for several of the families who start like making, you know, cooked meats and they start making rabbit and fresh other fresh meat on the back of the train just as a a part of their travel. Uh, So, um, ladies, um, what is the name of uh, the person we are going to see in in this town again? He's a uh, priest. Uh, Lady Elizabeth, do you happen to remember his name? Christian Filipovic. And Christian is spelled with a K. And Todorovic did say that the priest speaks English, I yes. believe, because we, we did ask about that. So, Lady E, you'd probably remember that there was a camaraderie or friendship between these two men. Mm-hmm. I do remember. So... At, at least we know we can talk to him, even if we can't talk to anyone else, because someone didn't think of bringing the translator with us. Nope, but he did bring the Lupara, just in case you need to shoot someone. I mean, I did think of bringing the translator with us, but then I thought we'd probably no. have to kill him. You're sparing the man. It's not going to be pretty. Whatever happens when we get to this little town, it's not going to be pretty. We are going to speak to a priest, Mr. Fraser, which means you'll have to do, I assume, some sort of interlocuting. I'm not very familiar with the language these sorts of people use. It's more your thing. Uh, I'm I'm assuming he's a Roman Catholic priest. Uh, That is not my religion, your ladyship, as you know. Fairly close. I do believe you're split off from his... As a matter of fact, it's uh, quite considerably different, uh, your ladyship. In fact, the Church of England, which I believe is uh, your family's uh, faith of uh, uh, of choice, uh, is more closely uh, Anglican, most most closely connected with the Roman Catholic uh, um, way of worshipping than the Ch- Church of Scotland. There's a very unladylike snort at the your family's religion. Mother was Church of Scotland. But your father was Anglican, surely. Father, nominally. We went to church once, I believe. My christening. And we haven't been since. Much to Mother's dismay. Um, which actually reminds me, I'm I'm on kind of high alert all the time anyway, whenever we go anywhere, but um, I'm, I'm going to make a very careful note to uh, look around the platform when, we, when we're at the station and just see if there's anybody who looks in any way suspicious getting on the train with us or watching us or anything like that. Because the last time... Well, one of the, one of the more recent times we were on a uh, in a station on a train platform, a member of our party got shot. Why don't you roll me a uh, spot hidden roll? 
Oh, that's actually a failure. But I'm going to spend some luck to make that a success. Ooh, a fancy. normal success. That was 97 over 86. So I'll spend the 11 points of luck. Very well. You don't see anyone that looks suspicious, per se. You do see a lot of the same sort of gradient of people. You don't see any really, really old men in wheelchairs, uh, in case you're looking for them. You don't see any, we would say, high-appearance men standing at one side of the train, sort of exuding male energy they can summon. Nothing like that. Everybody here is pretty down-to-earth. This is as salt of the earth as you have been in a long time. And I guess in some ways for Fraser, this is likely maybe a little bit easier to deal with than some of the higher-end stuff, because these people just are about the basic, their basic needs. They take a four-hour train to go to a market because they need to. So as far as I can tell, there's nobody here that's paying any uh, undue interest in us. No, there are some there are some younger men who are probably paying a lot of interest to like Miss Bellinger. Um, just because she's an American woman and they haven't they don't get a lot of American women on this train. Um, and she's interested in the pigs, and so they're the kids are probably like presenting their small pigs to her to like play with or, you know, pick out which one is cutest, that sort of thing. And it's all going in, in and out of uh, through a language barrier, too, so. Lady Elizabeth is very obviously uncomfortable around small children. Doesn't know what to do with them. Small children can't live with them, can't drown them. That's not true. You just don't get caught. The journey is a unbelievably long three hours. So not one hour, as I was told at the hotel, then. Correct. Why the hell would they tell me it was only an hour? I mean, I'll be able to see the length of the journey from the timetable, surely. Maybe you misinterpreted a number? You're not sure. Right, so I'm looking at the timetable. As, as we go along, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is, we, we should be, we should be halfway there. Then we're only two stations along. This is taking twice as long as the timetable says. You realize, too, that uh, as far as stations go, there aren't other stops oh right okay that's this uh is there a, a train guard on board uh no not a single one okay well i just i just guess i just have to sit there and uh thole it i must apologize uh, your ladyship i was told at the at the uh at the hotel and the, the, the timetable here seems to indicate it not, not take nearly as long as this uh, we, we, we've not even reached we've got a stop over at um at a station called um a town called milonovac um, we've not even reached it yet. We should have. We should have been there hours ago. At least, at least an hour ago, we should have been halfway there. Yes. Well, I gather that other denizens of Europe don't have the same love of punctuality that we do. Quite sad, really. This timetable is a work of fiction. Looking around at all the chaos and confusion, quite honestly, Mister Fraser, I'm surprised that it hasn't taken longer. I think I think at this rate we may, we may end up needing to stay overnight uh, at our destination. And, uh, very much doubt we're going to have any time to spend there before uh, the last train home leaves. You do arrive in Milada Novak. So arrival 
at the station there is a trip down sliding scale of chaos. The first people off the train are the kids. The children probably make up about 30% of the people on the train. And when they get off the train, they get off before it even stops. They hit the ground running, some with their pigs, some without pigs. And they sort of spread out into this town that you arrive in. After that, the rest of the passengers begin to um, pick their way off the train. Folks aren't shy about getting off. They move fairly quickly. Not that they're seemingly afraid of anything, but they move off the train because they likely have things to do. They're not showing due deference to somebody with title. They don't seem to care about any of that, nor do they know about it for that matter. Um, And they go on about their day. The train still smells like cooked meat and uh, potatoes and uh, all sorts of um, wonderful vegetable stews that were made on the train during the journey. Well, we have a, a change of train here, and we have, well, in, in theory, we have some time to uh, to spare before our uh, our connection departs. Um, quite exactly how long that's going to be, or what time it's going to depart, I am at a loss. This this timetable isn't worth the paper it's printed on. But uh, would anybody like me to uh, see if I can find something for us to eat? Simon gives you a thumbs up, keeping his uh, big bag of snacks swiftly placed behind his back so no one can see them. Oh, that would be fine, Mr. Fraser. And if you could find some decent tea. Well, I'll do my very best, your leadership. Now, you do see a spur line here that leads off from this space further south. I'm going to go and have a look and see if I can find uh, any poster or uh, anything like that on the walls which gives an impression of where the train that we need to get might be leaving from which platform if there is more than one platform there is not more than one platform it looks like you just basically walk to the other side of this platform it looks like there's a small station that goes south of here and that is uh Orasak. it does appear that it terminates close to there so there is a small city just just north of where that text is at Orsac um, that is called Copiare. You think it stops there? Okay. Um, I think I'll try and find somebody who looks like they work at the station then. Maybe they've got a uniform on or something. Certainly. And just point to the timetable and just say the names of the station I'm... Um, Names, names of the places I want to go. They look at you a little funny. And uh, and uh, say, platform, time. Hopefully trying to get get the impression that I want to go here. Please tell me where to go to go to go here. Could they have him make a psychology roll? <laughs> okay. That's a 66. Oh, sorry, you were making it. Yeah, I was to yeah. figure out what the hell you All mean. right, okay, to figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> it works both ways. Um, so he points to the map. And then he seems to point to the city that you're in and then points just to the south and points here. And then he gestures to the platform, the other side of the platform. And then he puts um, up two fingers. Two, two, uh, two hours? No, no. <laughs> he shakes his head no. He takes out his watch. He has a nice railroad watch. Okay. And he looks 
sort of looks you in the eye and then looks at the long oh, two o'clock. Yes. Two two o'clock. Ah, right. So we have a, around uh what is it about one one thirty or something like that? It's now. about one thirty, yeah. Splendid. Um can we um buy something to eat? You know, kind of make eating gestures somewhere, some food. He nods and then points just uh, back, sort of the way you came. There's a small building. S- sandwiches, tea? Do you have tea? He, he points over there and nods. Splendid. Spl- thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. You've been most helpful. Thank you. And uh, off I'll go. So I think um, with that knowledge in hand, I will hurry off to this place to see if I can get some sandwiches or something. Let the others do whatever it is they're doing. What are the others doing? That's an excellent question. Is there a bench or something on the platform? Oh yeah, there is. There's a bench. It's not necessarily any more comfortable than the train, but there is a bench. Sitting down and trying not to touch anything, or anyone, or any pigs, or anything. I don't like how dirty platforms and trains and things are. I'm used to a much higher standard. (laughs) It's very uncomfortable. Whereas Maggie's touching everything and tickling adorable piggies and <laughs> waiting for Mr. Fritzer. You have had quite a few pigs to uh, play with today, which has been nice. It broke up the monotony. Yeah, Maggie's very tactile, too. She, like, she just touches things. Well, um, uh, we have uh, around half an hour or, or so before the uh, the train leaves. Um, um, and there is uh, uh, an eatery uh, just uh, a little bit uh, down the road here, just that building over there. Um, if uh, if you'd like to uh, get uh, get some lunch before we uh, embark on the next stage of the uh, the journey, however long that might take, we hopefully we'll get there before nightfall. So, in about ten minutes or so, um, another train arrives. There is another sort of sweeping, chaotic mess, although it's much less. Um, some of the people from the nearby shops come back out. And they board the train bound for Belgrade. And then the train that is going to go off on this smaller spur line just stands waiting. And you can see the (laughs) conductor comes out of the front and sits down and has smoke and seems to take a break for a minute. Keep a close eye on him because I'm completely paranoid that the train's going to go at a totally different time to when I've been told. Do we have to stop the half-hungover professor from wandering over to look at the engine? Mm, No, not at all. In fact, the professor has been um, sort of snoozing in between the journey. He was fairly restless on the train ride down. He's tried to... He's grumbled about being miserable in the middle of nowhere and that sort of thing. Business as usual? Pretty much. So at the appointed time, the uh, conductor blows a whistle and then boards the locomotive portion of the train. I think think I'll endeavor to get everyone back to the train in plenty of time. Certainly. There's a couple things that are different about this train than the last one, and you, you notice them pretty readily. It is a little smaller as far as the gauge of the track, so the train is a little thinner. That would be noticeable. And the other thing that you notice fairly quickly is that you're the only ones on this train. Well, that's not ominous. Peace and quiet at last. Less entertainment here, then. That is true. Also less entertainment. Um, The four or five rows of seats 
um, each one of the train cars uh, do have small padded cushions. Uh, They're worn with age, but they're better than the bare wood from the last one. Lady Elizabeth. There's just sort of a sigh of relief as I settle back in and enjoy the fact that there's no squealing pigs, small children, etc. The uh, conductor steps back into the train and walks over to the group of you. And he goes into his jacket pocket of his uh, uniform and he produces a single pound sterling note and he raises one finger. Did we not buy tickets right right the way through? From you're fairly Belgrade? certain. You're fairly certain that you did. Well, I believe there is a, a supplementary payment to be made on this uh, particular leg of the journey. Oh, I can I can um, fetch that. I'll start rummaging through the professor's pockets. Oh yeah, easy enough. The uh, dozing professor has left a few pounds sterling for you to fiddle with, and you um, take it out of his pockets and then pay the conductor who smiles and turns back and goes towards the engine. Now that's settled then? Seemingly so, as the train begins to move south. This journey takes, roughly speaking, about an hour. And when it gets to its final destination, the tracks make an enormous loop. And you can see the train slow. It's fairly nice here, if, if not you know, a little bit in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the uh, It's about three o'clock or so in the afternoon. There's still some sun left. There's a beautiful landscape in front of you. Lots of trees. Looks like there's some fruiting trees as well. And the conductor slows down and then steps back into the train car and then opens the door steps down outside and then produces a ladder a proper step down off we go then Mr. Griffith can you assist the professor please so he doesn't fall and injure himself of course I'd be more than happy to drag the professor along well I suppose the next thing is to uh, find out where this uh, priest is where the church is the conductor nods at you after the final person is off the train and steps back onto it. He tips his hat to you, Maggie. I kind of nod my head back at him. Maggie's wondering to herself, like, how are we going to get back on this? Like, we had to pay him extra to stop here, essentially. Do we just stand out here and wave our arms when we want to leave again? He says, have a wonderful time. Uh and starts the train up. Huh, uh, thank you. Um, excuse me, when we're ready to go, um, you'll stop here again, right? For certain. You see the train <laughs> take a real small, like a real slow loop and finally make its way, sort of ricketing back and forth on the smaller gauge rail here until it finally moves out of the town. What a nice gentleman. I mean, I would imagine the uh, church spire can be seen fairly easily from the station. Well, you're not 
completely sure of that. Uh, it is a somewhat hilly terrain here. What sort of size of a, of a place is this? Is it just like, you know, six, six houses and a dog? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's not much bigger than that. Uh, there is a sign uh, as you're exiting the station area that does show you uh, Orsak. There's a, a sign that says Orsak. And then there is an arrow that points a specific direction down a road. Well, from here we walk. And I think that's a perfect place to end this episode. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We look forward to seeing what happens with our investigators on their walk. Thank you and good night. <laughs>